Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. It is September 30th, and... Yeah, the kids are back to school, we're back to the gardens, and we're back to, yeah, the holidays are mostly over, and we're back to gardening. It is the second sort of gardening season that's here, and September is also when we do a lot of our foraging, we're picking our pumpkins, we're cleaning our gardens, and I have to say that I have the most uh, busiest squirrel happening in my yard, And I know that he's been foraging because I've been watching him bounce along the fence with a lot of sort of pine cones. But also, too, I was wondering why he was also carrying a bunch of fluffy white stuff until I noticed uh, a little while ago he was helping myself to my cushions on my deck. So as I giggled, I also kind of was a little upset because it looks like he's been doing the de-stuffing and I will have to be doing some stuffing next spring. But September is beautiful. It is a full of color. And it's September 30th, so soon we'll be in October. So let's just give a little shout-out to September. Tis autumn in our northern land. The summer walks a queen no more. Her scepter drops from out of her hand. Her strength is spent. Her passion over. On lake and stream, on field and town, the placid sun smiles calmly down. The teeming earth its fruit has borne, the grain fields lie all shorn and bare, and where the serried ranks of corn wave proudly in the summer air, and bravely toss their yellow locks, now thickly strands the bristling shocks. On sunny slope, on crannied wall, the grapes hung, purpling in the sun. Down to the turf the brown nuts fall, and golden apples, one by one. Our bins run over of ample store, thus autumn reaps what summer bore. The mills turn by the waterfall, the loaded wagons go and come. All day I hear the teamsters call. All day I hear the threshers hum, and many a shout and many a laugh comes breaking through the clouds of chaff. Gay, careless sounds of homely toil, with mirth and labor closely bent, the weary tiller of the soil, wins seldom wealth but oft content. Tis better still if he but knows what sweet wild beauty round him glows. The brook glides towards the sleeping lake, now babbling over sinning stones, now under the clumps of bush and brake, hushing its brawl to memory tones, and now it takes its winding path through meadows green with aftermath. The frosty twilight early falls, but household fires burn warm and red. The cold may creep without the walls, and growing things lie stark and dead. No matter, so the hearth be bright, when household faces meet tonight. 
Welcome back, everyone. We are on the Lawn and Garden Journal for the very last day of September. But it's not the last day of gardening because there are still a lot of tasks to do. Is it really a task? If you're in your garden, there are so many people say that they get peace, they get um, comfort, and it's fun. Don't get me wrong, it's a lot of work, but the rewards are worth it. And we're dealing with so many things of uh, putting plants in, harvesting, uh, enjoying the harvest that's out there. I just enjoyed a little bit of spaghetti squash the other day. It was so yummy and so good for you. And we're also dealing with sort of looking. And I'm, when I say dealing, it's not a bad thing. We're trying. It's a good thing. It's a last shout out to sort of say that the weather has been exceedingly nice. And it's all, it's that point where we have to sort of, okay, we have to get the tree wrap and the sticky feet or the tangle foot on the trees because the weather has been so good. All right. There's my little shout out for that. Get your tree banding on. All right, it's the time to do it before we get that first frost. We're going to go right to lines. Helen is waiting. Good morning, Helen. Good morning. How are you? I'm I'm a lot better than last weekend, but uh, <laughs> doing doing well. So yeah, we're... that's great to hear. Yeah, I have a question regarding transplanting perennials. Yes. Uh, is it is this a good time of year, or should a person wait a little bit longer? Well, there's always two sides of the coin. Um, I like to say transplanting should be done now. It's a great time um, to be doing that. Uh, do you know the varieties of the perennials that maybe I could target a little closer to? Well, I have echinacea plants I'd like to move, and also I have some hostas that I thought I might move because okay. I like to move my plants <laughs> so uh, at times to get them to see what they do at different locations, so... Oh, that's that's adventurous. That's like the science project to say, okay, will you grow here or will you grow here? I like that. And, and you said it was relaxing. Yeah, that is the, re- what, the reason I do a lot of this stuff because it is relaxing and you get outside and just enjoy you know, the day, the summer. It, you know what? It is relaxing. It is. It's soothing. And and we don't really like. We're getting off the topic of dividing. We'll go through there, but the. The amount that you get out of gardening is more than just the the prettiness and the the fruits. That's for sure, yeah. And exercise. We think of the exercise and the there's also the mental aspect that soothes your your mind and your soul by being in something that's so beautiful. And yeah. the activity of gardening, whether you do it slow or you go hard, that's exercise. Pulling those weeds, you're using your muscles. Pulling, oh, that's pulling, right. yeah, or you know, trees. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I, I enjoy it, and like I say, that's what uh, what gives me uh, a lot of good exercise in summer. And yeah, and, and I uh, yeah, that's good. And I contribute. Um, getting outdoors and getting into that aspect is so much better for you. I I contribute it. My my. Uh, good morning, Mum. Uh, my mum will be 90 this year, believe it or not, and she still gets out in the garden, and that is one thing, give you an activity to do. Like, you know, you don't have to do it all day, but it's fun to sort of say, I was out in the garden today, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. Okay, let's go back to Helen's question here. Echinacea hosta. I have, so, <clears throat> yes, some echinacea and some hostas I'd like to okay. move. Okay. And I wonder if the echinacea would do well in uh, in front of uh, my shed, where the, 
shed faces south, so I don't know if it would be too hot there for it. And well, okay, and, uh, let's <coughs> let's start anyway, with your. That was just a question too, and and then I have a penstemon plant that didn't make it last year, but it, from seed it came up this year. <clears throat> so I thought I'd move that around, uh, maybe to a better location. Okay. So that's basically my questions for today. Okay, let's go with the echinacea first. Um, the echinacea, I would probably say, because they can be a little fussy at some times, I would say let's wait until it comes up in the spring, and then you're going to transplant it in the spring. Okay? Okay. All right. And south-facing, they will love it. Um Echinacea loves those areas which are very warm, very sunny. And when we think of the echinacea, that belongs also in the cone family, because the cone family can also could be echinacea or it could be rutabecchia. Oh, so, yeah, this one has like tons of seed on it, so I don't know. Yeah, <clears throat> and let it go to self-seeding because the echinacea, is it a pink one? No. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat is... Anyway, um, it starts out kind of... Uh, the first year, it started out looking kind of yellowish, the flowers, and then they sort of turn a different color, and in the end, they're quite a... The color of what uh, the sedum is right now, you know, they get that darker color. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so let's put that in the south. That one's done, and it will love it. And full sun, like uh, perennials like full sun. Full sun is generally six hours of sunlight, so you're going to be good. Hosta, you could do it this time. Um, so hostas, you can lift and divide and do that at this time as well. So that one, I'm sorry, you got a little bit of work to do. You're going to be able, you're going to build muscle this weekend. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't do as many. Uh, I do, however, I feel like that day, and maybe by the next day I've changed my mind again. But <clears throat> no, I will wanted to do a few. Okay, to all right. Them okay, to a different location. And your and your penstemon, you can also do it this time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Good. Yep. Alrighty. All right. Thank you so much. You oh, you're welcome. You too. Thanks for listening, Helen. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. It is a beautiful sunny morning to be talking about gardening, and we're going to go right to the lines. Agnes is waiting. Hi, Agnes. Hi. Hi. Uh, I have a question. Uh, I have two lovely canna lilies in flower pots, and they are doing so well, and I'd love to save them for next year. Is that possible to let the pot stand outside through the winter, and will they stay alive? Um, if you leave them outside, Agnes, there's going to be a big demise, and you're not going to be happy. <laughs> Sorry, canna lilies are not hardy outside in our winter, especially in a pot. Okay. So can you, how big are the pots? Um, fairly big. Okay. Can you would lift? They, uh, would they stay alive in a garage? Uh, if your garage freezes, no. No, it has no, to, it doesn't no, freeze. The, no, if it, does, if it stays chilled like a fr- ref- refrigerator but not um, freezing, then you can no. keep them in the garage. Uh, it, it would be, uh, um, how much, how warm is it, or car garage? No, it's, I, it's on the warmer side. It's on the warmer side? Well, oh, because, yes. <laughs> okay, it cannot freeze. Canna bulbs do not like to freeze, but they normally, if if we get bulbs, they're usually in a chilled area. They keep them in a chilled state. So if the area is too big for the pots, 
uh, you can actually, there's two trains of thought. Some people like to put the pots, and if they were small enough that to keep them in a chilled area in the soil, but you have to cut the foliage off. Or the other train of thought is, this is also the garden work portion of it, is lifting the bulbs, cleaning them of the soil, and laying them in a cool location in a basement where it's very cool. Because you'll find that the the thickness of those tubers that are in there are going to be able to sustain it until you start getting them maybe started in March again next year. So it would be better to dig them out? Yes, I would dig the, I would dig them out. And then, then you don't have big pots tying up space in the garage and that's that kind of right. stuff. It's a little bit smaller. So on a, uh-huh. like today's a beautiful sunny day. Um, yeah. Though, has some of the foliage started to die back a little bit, or have you started decreasing water on it, or it, does it still look gorgeous? They are gorgeous, yet. Uh, so it's it's so hard. It's they so hard so to say. I don't know. I, I hardly can think of digging it, digging them out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, anyway, uh, it's the same thing with uh, mums. Uh, Flowers. Same well, thing. The mums. It yeah. depends. Because mums can be florist type that are non-hardy or there is a lot of garden mums that are hardy to our zone. So uh-huh. I, um, either one, though, left in a pot will not survive the winter. All oh, Because the stores, uh, yep. many grocery stores, they have such gorgeous plants outside blooming their yep. heart out. Yep. And uh, now if you buy it... And and then you have it for maybe two, three weeks, and then it starts to snow. Yeah. Who knows? And what do you do with that plant then? Those, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those ones. I have my hand up right now going, I sell mums. They're gorgeous. And some of ours are hardy perennial ones. And oh, some, yeah. of them are, are, some of them are the pot ones. So okay. what you need to do is even if you have um, them out for the next three weeks or until the end of uh, Halloween, because... Our seasons in October seem to be extended a little bit. We always seem to we're getting warmer, longer. So, uh-huh. um, if you if you do not know if it's a hardy one or a non-hardy oh. one, then uh-huh. um, you can plant that in the garden late in the season. Or if the ground gets too cold too fast, dig uh-huh. a little hole where you think you might be able to pop it in. If even it's even if it's in the pot, bury the pot in the ground in the garden. And uh-huh. then put some oh. soil and mulch around it. But you want to make uh-huh. sure that if you do that, um, Agnes, you want to make sure that if you're going to drop the pot below ground and put a bank of soil and leaves around it, you want to make sure that it is still watered before it hits at that freeze-up season. Okay? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, one yep. more thing. Uh, sure. You know, Lysianthus flowers? Yep. Uh is that seed possible to buy somewhere? Uh, Lysianthus flowers, yes, you can buy the seed. Um, uh, it's so I hard to find that seed. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know that we did not have seed on the on the retail side. That's one of those ones that maybe I'm going to give a little shout out to T and T here. Maybe T and T seed would stock that. If not. There is a company called Stokes Seed that you can order online, and they oh. may have it. Okay, so if you want to oh, okay. go local, if you want to go local, go to TNT. Hello, TNT, 
And then if not, try a company, I think they're in Ontario, called Stokes, S-T-O-K-E-S. Maybe maybe it's safer to uh, to buy a few plants. Okay, then you come see me. <laughs> oh, okay, I sell... Them? Yes, I sell Lysianthus. It is beautiful. Great, great. Yeah, it's, I it's beautiful. I love them. And okay, thanks very okay. much. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Goodbye, Agnes. This is um this is interesting because this is the time that yes, we are in our gardens. We need to uh lift, divide, split, share with a neighbor or if you're doing your splitting and dividing, there is a reason why we do this. And in the concept that you plant perennials, you think that you're going to put them in the ground because you don't have to repeatedly plant them year after year like you do an annual. But with perennials, the sustainability of it is at a certain age of that perennial, there is a beneficial movement to refresh the plant, open up the roots, divide things and give it new life. That's why we split and divide. Some areas, some plants, and it depends on the variety of those perennials, they can stay there for a long period of time. Eventually, and it depends on your soil content too, in areas that you are very clay-based, they may get very compact and very bound up with some of the roots. So that's the beneficial portion of it. Okay, sometimes we just need to uh, love our plants a little bit more. And as we look at our gardens, maybe I have a little pool of echinacea on one area of my garden. And looking at it, creating a balance that maybe a little bit might look really cute or very pretty on the other side. So if you're, if Helen has a really nice big clump, she's going to lift, maybe lift and divide. If her clump is bigger, then divide it, leave a little bit in that location and move a little bit over onto the other side, maybe creating this flow of color and flow of unity within your design aspect. I know myself, I'm I'm at a cause. I have a big, beautiful hosta that needs to be split coming up maybe this fall or maybe next spring. And we're going to go right to lines because we're eager to talk about gardening. Uh, we have Hetty on the line. Hello, good morning, Hetty. Good morning. Good morning. And you know what? I keep forgetting everyone where they're calling from. Are you? Where are you today? Grunthal. Grunthal. Well, hello yeah. to everyone out in Grunthal. How can we help you today on the lawn? I have journal? a poinsettia that I've had outside all summer, and it is huge. And I just wonder what do I do to get it to bloom when I okay. take it in now. Okay. Um, there are certain categories of plants that need uh, a switch put on them and, and when I say a switch it's based on uh, hours of darkness to lightness uh, mm-hmm. we see we see that with mums and also a little bit of a trigger that happens with that is also on Christmas cactus or Easter cactus or Thanksgiving cactus and your plant falls within that category so when you bring it in you're going to place it in a room that still has brightness but it has to have a time frame like eight hours of a dark period right over the next few weeks you want to continually have that darkness so if you have an interruption of light that breaks that darkness 
then you're going to delay that time frame where it will start to give you that color change in the leaf. Um, sometimes uh, I know that I've recommended that if you can find uh, somebody that has a great big box, you can box over it so that you have that uh, transitioning. Or you may have one of those bedrooms in the back that nobody goes into and you just kind of say, okay, it can grow in here, but the lights go off at night, nobody turns the lights on, and voila, you will start to get that transitioning of color. Okay? That I have. I have a room that nobody walks into, and but it doesn't have to be dark all the time, just just during the night? During the night. You don't. You do not want interrupted, that interrupted darkness period. Okay? Okay, but during the day, whatever the sun will bring, the lightness, that's okay? Whatever the sunlight may bring, it brings. Okay? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay? All right. We, I, I, I tried it last year, but I had it in total darkness 24 hours, and that didn't No, work. no, no. It's a plant <laughs> in here. <laughs> we need to see the sunlight. Gardeners thrive in that sunlight yeah. aspect of it. And uh, you know what? You could just, even, I, I just had a vision of a little uh, sign put on the bedroom door. Poinsettia room. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Keep out. Or no, yeah. visit visit daily during sunlight hours, you know? Yeah. Yeah, okay? <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh, you're very well, welcome. Better try. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. Hey, phone us back in the uh in the next couple months and see how it's doing, okay? Okay. Shall right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for calling. Now, I think the conversation that we're going through, I'd like to go back um and talk about the canna lilies about lifting plants from the garden. Uh, It wasn't on my list quite yet because the weather's really nice that's out there. So I thought, okay, uh, on a sunny day, we might still want to enjoy some of the flowers that are out there. Because yes, I, Agnes, I am with you with the canna lily issue. I have three large containers on my deck that have the canna lilies. And as much as I have been sort of not trying to water them as much, they are still looking so Good. I'm with you with that. September has been gorgeous. It's lovely that's out there. So there's certain things that we just don't want to get caught up in. But the weather will switch shortly. And some days you might not be wanting to work in the cold. Let's talk about that. We have Edward on the line. Good morning, Edward. Good morning. Good morning. And where are you calling from this morning? From Low Farm, Manitoba. Low Farm? Yep. Well, hello to everyone out in Low Farm. Like, How can we help you? Like, I bought a purple inch plant. So can you give me information on that plant? It's like a vine. So I, I bought it at the greenhouse, so I, there was no, 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 nothing information on it. Which, which plant was it? Oh, sorry? It's called purple inch plant. Purple, you're, oh, <laughs> okay. All right. That belongs, like, a uh, purple inch plant. It looks like, um, uh, it's, Belongs in the Triscantia. It's a Triscantia type flower. Um, I think it's called Triscantia zebrena. It's like purple and green and yeah, that's uh, right. and it has a little bit of white in there yeah, too. So yeah, very pretty. We use it in. Uh, we sell it normally in the annual department, but it also could be used as a house plant. So do you have it outdoors right now? No, I took it inside. So um, okay, the, and, the, and the pot is too small. Which what size pot should I put it into? Okay, the rule of thumb is, okay, bringing it indoor, uh, from outdoors to indoors, we recommend that you give it a little bit of a wash off. And because the leaf structures are very um, tight and they layer each other very well, mm-hmm. um, 
give it a good wash in the sink if you can, but just make sure you cover the soil so you're not washing soil down your sink. And the reason why I say this is sometimes little bugs will harbor in the density of that leaf structure. So we want to get rid of the bugs before they come in. But I had it inside all since I'm modern, I had it. I had, oh, okay. I had it inside all the time. So okay, so we don't have issue. Okay, so when we go to the um, bumping up the size of the pot, we generally go to one to two inches bigger in size. What size would you go to? Uh, is it in a four inch or six inch right now? No, it's a very small pot. Like it's uh, must be uh, only about a two or three inch. Then go to probably a four, four. If it's in a two inch, you go to a four. If it's in a three inch, go to a five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Slow and steady is better. Because, I don't want to break the branches because it's hanging down. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes what you can do is when you've, um, when you buy your bigger pot, put a little bit of new soil at the bottom mm-hmm. and then, um, flip the plant upside down yeah. on your hand and then gently put the pot over top and then flip it back, and then if you can have somebody help hold the branchings up, because you're right, the branches on the Triscantia, um, they're a little brittle, eh? Sometimes yeah, they're very they, brittle, yeah. Yeah, sometimes they snap off. But if they snap off, and there's a few different... I guess you could stick them in the water, they probably would root, right? Yes, you got it. I was just going to say that. <laughs> root it, root it, and uh, start another little plant. And uh, another question... Like, I have been resting my amaryllis since spring. Should I, could I start watering them now so that they would let out? Um, it might be a little too soon that's on there. I would probably wait a, a few more weeks. Yeah, the, that's closer there. to the end of October. Yeah, because um, it depends if you want it earlier in bloom, before Christmas, and have it through the season, or you want it for mm-hmm. Christmas into later season. Yeah, okay. I, like, I bought two of them. One was very pretty. It was, was white with red, and then blotches in there yeah and then i had a red one but that bud uh, uh treated like the other one did too but that bud dried off so i don't know was the pl- bulb not strong enough um it could be it could be um because the bulb was a lot smaller than the other one was yeah there could have been some other factor that's playing on it um you know sometimes you don't know the age of that bulb of how it's been going from year to year that's on there yeah like I, I bought them in january when they were going out for sale at, uh, at home hardware in morris and yeah and then i planted them both at the same time and the one bloomed one had five big blooms and one didn't have nothing <laughs> well that that kind of happens in the gardening world and the houseplant world uh it it just makes us it makes us stronger with the challenges of gardening, yeah. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true, too. That's, yeah. that, that's what I want to know. I put it into a, but you said put it into a four-inch pot, then, that, uh, a purple inch? Yes. The Juscantia zibria. Yes, your, your purple inch plant. Yes, put it in a slightly bigger one. And uh, when you do that, if you have a little bit of um, bone meal from the garden, you can put mm-hmm. a little bone meal yeah, on the yeah, bottom mm-hmm. just for it. Yep. Okay. And about these begonias, like I potted them, can I keep take them in for the winter? The uh, are they the tuberous begonias or? I bought them at the greenhouse, and I guess they were the plants. I don't know if they're that. No, these are those tall plants. I don't know if they have bulbs or not. Yeah, try it. Try it. A lot of begonias you can treat because there are begonias that are definite in the house plant category that. Oh, we so I was going to take them in, so then and see see what see what they will do. I'll put them underneath the light, so but. Some won't fit underneath the light because they grew so terrible tall. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, if that's the case, what you can do is... Can you cut them uh, down? 
you can you can pinch them down, but just remember the shock of. I would wait a little bit until you bring them indoors. Let them, because um, it's a change of it's a change of atmosphere. It's a change of situation. Yeah. So let it adapt a little bit. Don't bring it in and then cut it down and then do it because that's like shock, double shock. Yeah. So slow and steady. Okay? Now, about the geraniums, when can you take? When do you supposed to bring those in? Geraniums, they can take a little bit of coolness. So if you're still enjoying them outdoors, I have them on the deck in a little mini greenhouse, and they've been blooming all summer long. So, okay, let's get the begonias in first mm-hmm. before it does get cool, because you don't want to risk a shock of frost and low temperatures on those. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but no, the geraniums. You. The geraniums can stay at a little, enjoy the deck a little longer, okay? Yeah, okay. Thank you for the information. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for calling, Edward. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. These are lots of good questions. Uh, and like you've heard me say before, I've, I make a list of sort of things that we should be on time with and tidying up and cleaning and pulling from the garden. And these are questions now that are going to be coming in quite frequently. There are so many gardening questions out there. So let's keep going. I know I have to keep uh, watching the clock that's on through here. So if you have a question, and I know that I think, yep, we have Kathy on the line. So let's go right to Kathy. Hi, good morning, Kathy. Good morning. So nice to hear you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Yes, I know the time is ticking, so I'll go right to the point. Sure. Uh, I just wanted to check, like we have quite a good lawn this year in the my question is, do we leave it long for the winter or should we cut it short? It's best for our lawns to be cut a little bit on the shorter side because, A, um, you don't want the grass to be up and sort of hang over or lay down flat that's on there, even though even, you know, there's one little problematic guy that's out there that always wreaks havoc to the lawns, and it's the voles. So if you're leaving your grass long, you have more of a tendency to have running voles in your yard um, because the grass is longer, they're insulated a little bit more. Um, we want to get the grass cut a little bit shorter and also to prevent a little bit maybe some of the blights and uh, snow mold that could happen over the winter, okay? So cut it short just before winter hits, all right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I had this other question. Beginning of the show, you mentioned something about banding trees. Yes, yeah, it's it's tree banding time. Uh, what you we're mean, doing uh, is re- regular city trees. You mean? Yeah, city trees. If you oh, have like, trees, no, we live out in the country. No, we don't have that. But I do like a band around my apple tree, like things like that. Okay, we're there's okay. Sorry, the tree banding is with the banding with the sticky. Uh, sticky paste. It's kind of, I think it's called, uh, tanglefoot or sticky feet. And yes, that's I where, know. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we band that with the insulation to prevent the canker worms and, and, um, insects from crawling back up into the trees. Yeah. To go in. But I love that you mentioned that we're doing the protective collaring of trees against voles, rabbits, and deer who are nasty little guys in the wintertime that like our oh, apple trees. Yeah. So, I thank you. I should have given a shout out because that's a job that can be done now uh, because it's a little more more difficult when you get the coiled spiraled white ones. They can go on okay um, in the winter, but it's hard because they're sharp and they they freeze up a little bit. But if your trees are a little bit 
wider, you can get, um, there is larger tubes that are beyond, you know, three inches wider. But if you're mm-hmm. putting a larger tube on, make sure it is a perforated variety of tubing because you, uh-huh. if water gets in there, you want the water to be able to release from that. Okay. Yes. And the other thing, Kathy, um, in the advisory for putting tree guards on for preventing uh, rabbits and voles and deer, remember, if we put one collar at the bottom, it will help with pre- prevention of the voles that are running under the snow. But sometimes we have to look at the height of our trunk because as the height of the snow goes up, so does the height of the bunny sitting on top of the snow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. When we lived in the city, they always took the tip, tips of my roses and everything off. <laughs> well, height of the snow. Yeah. It's the height of the snow. And I don't mind sacrificing the tips of some of my shrubs because I call that sort of natural pruning. You know, yeah. uh, on certain plants, if they do that pruning in the winter, they're just going to set the buds further back. But if it happens on our lilacs and forsythia, um, they're, they're, they're eating off our buds for our flower growth for the next season. So that we don't like, that we don't like, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for reminding, uh, because I get to tick that conversation off because I had that on my list. So that's, that's a good. Okay. That's a good job to get done this this weekend. That sounds good. In other words, you want me to go out and cut my grass, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, you still have a good time frame. So if it does not really need it to be done today, um, enjoy the nice weather. Go look at the flowers. Oh and yeah, enjoy I the know. Fl- but uh, it uh, it definitely should be cut one more time before winter. Oh, I think we yeah. have a bit of time. I, I think we, I, I hate to tell you this, but I think you have a couple more cuts coming up in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds okay too. As long as it grows, that's fine with me. Okay. As long as it grows yeah. and let's, let's just delay the little bit of snow talk for a little bit. Sounds thank great. you. Okay. Thank you, you for care. that. Have a good day. Okay. You bye-bye. Bye bye. It's always nice to, um, have conversations with you all because I love the giggles and I love the conversations that we have. Now, before uh, before Chris sort of says my bell is running out here, I have a little shout out uh, that's happening. Uh, you heard some of our ads talking about some of the crafters market, our empty greenhouses. We welcomed some uh, local crafters. So if you love to have a little bit of event, we have some local crafters that are joining us in our empty space. We're doing a community event uh, helping out some crafters in the area. And also, too, if you're out and about our way and you'd like to venture, uh, St. Mary's Nursery is hosting Prairie Strides, who is a local grassroots charity. So we are putting on a fashion show, and it happens tomorrow. The runway music starts at 2 o'clock. There's uh, tickets av- available online in advance. If not, walk up and you can buy a ticket here. But I thank you for listening. And I thank you again. Uh, I will be back next weekend on the Lawn and Garden Journal. Bye-bye, everyone.